Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh. Serve fast. Serve friendly. Lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. Yeah, we're rolling. We rolling. Yeah, we rolling. We're rolling. Rolling. I on mean, the river. this is Christmas week. What in the world are we doing sitting here eating? Just eating. What, what are you eating? I'm not eating anything. I mean, we're we're waiting to record another podcast with another former Kentucky I, basketball. I can't believe coach. you have not gotten some of these this cheesy hash brown casserole that I brought in. I mean, do you see the steam rolling off of it? I think your dog is eating out of the trunk of your car. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. You know, just thinking, it's Christmas time. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? What comes to your mind of days gone by with Kentucky basketball when you think of Kentucky basketball at Christmas time? You're an amazing individual because you have read my mind of what I was thinking about two days ago, going through some old UK memorabilia. And I pulled out this program, and it had Santa Claus on the front of it. And it said SMU, Pepperdine, I can't think of the other team, and Kentucky. UKIT. University of Kentucky Invitational Tournament. Correct. And then I went through some other programs. Now, you're not hardly as uh, experienced in age as I am. No. But uh, I was actually six years old going on seven when that was begun back in 1951. Well, I went through some old programs that I had from the 60s, and I'm thinking, man, the UKIT has gone on, at least to my knowledge, the 60s when the programs were about five pages in length. And, you know, that was a time starting in the early 50s, late 40s, is when so many Kentuckians left the state get work in Ohio and Michigan. Uh, the coal jobs in eastern Kentucky had pretty much dried up by the late 40s. And when they started that tournament, a lot of the folks would be on their way home for the Christmas holidays. And they would literally stop in Lexington, do a couple of days shopping, staying at the local hotels, watch the games after the Saturday night game, drive on to wherever they were going in eastern Kentucky, southern Kentucky, or western Kentucky. It was such a festive time, and downtown Lexington was booming. The old Phoenix Hotel in downtown Lexington. Mm-hmm. And by the late 40s, a couple of tragic things happened to Kentucky basketball. There was the great scandal. Kentucky, during the 40s, Adolph Rupp's big deal was to take his Wildcats to either New York or Chicago, or occasionally San Francisco for the holidays to play. And you had to scan on the late 40s, early 50s. So Rupp said, I will never go back to New York City. There was a void in mid to late December. At the time, they were getting ready to build Memorial Coliseum. 
And do you you know where the name Memorial came from for Memorial Coliseum? I believe it was a dedication to our veterans. Yes, and to those all who had died in the previous wars. So in 1951, Coach Rupp said, hey, I'm going to start my own tournament here. I'll bring in three teams. We'll do here, and they won't touch my boys. And remember the first UKIT who was in it? I do not. Well, history, Tell me. history lesson. Kentucky got together with a coach from LaSalle, which had a great, great program then. He got together with a coach from Duke, who wasn't so great then, but Duke is Duke. And he called his friend John Wooden at UCLA. So the first UKIT is Kentucky, LaSalle, Duke, and UCLA. Wow. That's quite the lineup for a Christmas holiday tournament. The first night, UCLA played LaSalle. LaSalle won. The second game, Kentucky played Duke. Kentucky beat Duke. In the consolation game, UCLA beat Duke. Hey, like that. Duke comes in and gets two losses. (laughs) Got to love that even now. And then Kentucky beat LaSalle. The rest of that story is that was the year Kentucky went undefeated. But when it got near tournament time, the great Walt Byers, who did not like Adolph Rupp by any stretch, said, you can't play grad students in a tournament. So Coach Rupp said, if I can't play Cliff Hagen and Frank Ramsey, I'm not going. So they didn't go. And guess who won the NCAA in 1954? the team that Kentucky beat in the championship of the UKIT, LaSalle. That is how the UKIT started. And it was off and running. Player in the name of Jerry West had a mm-hmm. game or two in the UKIT. And it, 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 was, it was the center point of the Christmas season throughout central Kentucky. That's my first memory. Well, let's go to a couple other Christmas memories. What do you remember – in your recent time, when it come Christmas time, the games at Freedom Hall with Indiana and or Notre Dame? Right. Uh, and it seemed like within the last 10 years, it seemed like this holiday schedule with Kentucky basketball always started that first weekend in December with North Carolina. And then it gradually built with UCLA, Indiana, and then Louisville either right before Christmas or coming up at the end of the year. And it just – it was like a runaway locomotive that we're playing these great teams one right after another. And within recent memory going into the holiday, of course, it's Anthony Davis with the block against North Carolina. But there's also been – I'll say I'm trying to think here right off the bat some great – Well, there, you know There what? was always the Big Four Classic. The Big Four Classic and, up and, in Indianapolis. And we're talking about yeah. basically – the three to four weeks, the month of December around the holiday season mm-hmm. between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Maybe you told me this, that the Big Four Classic up in Indianapolis was a uh, scalper's paradise up there. Well, it really wasn't so much a scalper's paradise because you could put 40,000, 50,000 people in it, mm-hmm. but it was a big ticket, and everybody liked to come. Uh, Kentucky, Indiana, and Louisville packed the place. You know, Notre Dame, not so much. But the Kentucky, Indiana, and Louisville people like to see Notre Dame play. So they did draw the opponents in as well. And, of course, everybody always loved to see Dicker Phelps get a, another loss. Uh, an- another game that sticks out in my mind is uh, 
UK and Louisville and Patrick Sparks. Absolutely. <laughs> Foul. Did he walk first? Well, now, of, cor- now. of course he did. Let's be honest. <laughs> of course he did. But you know what? The refs didn't give the home team the no, home cooking. No, that they did not get the home Christmas cooking. And you know that was a game where Kentucky looked absolutely horrible mm-hmm. uh, throughout the first half and most of the second half. And I think Kentucky had a very low score in the first half, but that may have been as sweet a Kentucky victory in the Louisville series as any of them mm-hmm. because it happened in freedom. And and can we can we just remember all the fun times between Christmas and New Year's at Freedom Hall? whether it was Kansas or Notre Dame or Indiana. Watching Mike Davis go off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, that one. of my one, favorite memories of that series. You know, you know I, every once in a while, I get down on the computer and just Google Mike Davis, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And there it is. And I mean, then several people that put in there put some music behind it, yeah. you know, which makes it sound even greater. But uh, all those years – particularly under Joe B. in the 70s and 80s. Kentucky would always go down the week after Christmas, and we all know that very few people work between Christmas and New Year. All the state offices are closed, a lot of offices downtown. A lot of people take a full week off. And Joe would always take the team down, stayed at the the, uh, executive inn right near the Freedom Hall the day before and have a public practice. And sometimes they would have 10,000 in there for the public practice. Hang around, sign autographs. The people in Louisville just absolutely gobbled it up. I remember going to those games in Louisville watching Indiana. To me, whether I was four or five years old going to the UKIT or going to watch Indiana in Louisville with my dad or going to the Big Four, those were like the best Christmas gifts ever. To watch Kentucky play around the holidays. And, and you know, you just said it right there, a mouthful, because so many people bought UKIT tickets mm-hmm. and literally gave them as Christmas presents uh, two weeks before Christmas. And, and you got to think, from, from my standpoint, being four, five, six years old and going to the big city of Lexington, and there's a big Christmas tree and all the lights and, you know, seeing Santa Claus down on the floor at Rupp Arena – and I still remember when they had the Wildcat mascot on the stilts. To me, the UK That was I, Big Blue, wasn't it? Yeah. To me, the UKIT was a huge deal. It was huge, not just to the fans and to the schools, but to the business community in Lexington. I mean, by the 60s, you started having some malls to pop up. And by the 70s, you had Fayette Mall. I yep. mean, and, and I was from eastern Kentucky, and people up there, uh, that there's a lot of people in the business community here, particularly in the hotel uh, restaurant business, tell you that that was a big loss when the UKIT was shuttle. And we'll talk just a minute to here. What happened to it? Why did we lose it? Do you remember? I believe Patino's first year was the last year. He got beat by somebody that shouldn't have beat him. Yeah, and, I, and that's he said, why it ended. And he said, that's it. And we lost it. So, we have that to blame on Rick Patino too. And Two. You know, <laughs> yeah, you added the two as I did, too. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder why we don't have it today because back in the old days, you only had 27 games a year in a regular season, and one of them had to be used for the SEC tournament. Now we have 31 plus the tournament. 
it, it seemed to me like they could carve out a Friday, Saturday somewhere in December and play that. I, I just don't understand. I know that coaches like Cal and Rick and someone like to play these neutral site games, but all these games that you have in November and December, why you couldn't put two of them together uh, and bring back the UKIT? And it they, they wouldn't necessarily have to put them in the season ticket package if they want to, but give people a reason to come down to Lexington, enjoy Lexington, and help out the business community, too. I totally agree with that. Going back to the last time there was a UKIT, Patino's first year here, December 23rd, 1989, you're absolutely right. They got beat by somebody who should not have beaten them. South it was Louis- a directional school. It's a directional school down south, southwest Louisiana, 116-113 overtime. Now, I will give you what some of the people – who is not for a UKIT will tell you. And it is, a part of it is true. The one part is true is when Rupp had it up through, I want to say, the early 80s, they were able to attract two to three good teams. But then after a while, no school, as far as being a good team, wants to go into a tournament where they've got a shot at losing two games. So once some of these other teams started having their own Christmas tournaments, it was harder. But right up until almost the very end, you could always get one good team, and you would guarantee them the fact that they would not have to play Kentucky the first night. Mm-hmm. So one one, you know, you're gonna have one team at two and zero, oh, one at zero oh and two, and two at one and one uh, to come out of the tournament. I don't, I, I still think that you could get one team a year. You you get a, a team with a new coach is trying to build them up that would come in just want to expose them to the atmosphere and everything. Uh, I, I know late in uh, Joe B's career, they'd gotten to where it was getting tough to get more than one team. And so he said, hey, if we're going to do this, why don't we bring in Portland State, which had the number one scoring player in the country the year before, a guy by the name of Freeman Williams. And I still think – I just think it would be, do so much for the community and for the fans to have the UKIT. I guess mostly because it was so great when they had it starting back in 53. I got a little excited back in November when I saw three words, Adolph Rupp Classic. Thought it was a great ideal to honor Coach Rupp. And then I thought, you know what? Let's package this up in a tournament. Make it over two days here at Rupp Arena and get back to those old UKIT games and and get people in. You're right, maybe not as a season ticket package, but a chance for people who don't have an opportunity to come to Rupp Arena and watch a ball game. You know, kids are off school. People are off work. Let's give them that opportunity to come in. That is a four-game deal, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's been drummed up by the NABC Coaches Association. But the way it's figured into it, it has to be four teams. It has to be four different dates, and it cannot be an advancing tournament. And that's the bad part. The great thing about the UKIT, you advance. You had a winner, yeah. you had a loser, you had a consolation winner. And, and I, I just don't understand why – that cannot be derived again. Bringing us up to to right now, I mean, wow, wouldn't it be wonderful if Saturday's game in UCLA was at Rupp Arena? That would be fantastic. And, and and I don't I don't see anything wrong with saying, okay, UCLA, you be in our UKIT this year. We'll be in yours next year, mm-hmm. and let them bring four people out. And if both schools want to say, well, now we don't want to lose, neither one wants to lose two games. You can always throw one ringer in there. 
for for the first night, you know. I think as creative as people in college athletics can get about having this classic in Chicago and this game in, you know, New Orleans or whatever, surely people can get creative down here and, and put together that, this. For once, just for once a year, mm-hmm. think of the fans. Even if it costs you a little bit of money, think of the fans. Uh, look at all the money that Kentuckians are going to be spending in New Orleans this week when it could be in Lexington, Kentucky. Yep, absolutely. Or look what they spent in New York. It could have been spent in Lexington, Kentucky. I, 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 I would just like to see something like that because what happens now after these next two weeks, you start getting into the SE and it's a grind then. Mm-hmm. But – what are some of the other great performances you remember in the month of December around Christmas that you think of? Well, and it's not so much a performance as more of an incident, and this game will probably be my favorite December game of all time, is Cal and Patino's first game with Cal at Kentucky and Patino at Louisville, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. Was that the game that we had like – Five personal fouls in the first forty-five that seconds. It. That was it, and, and and one of someone telling Reginald Dell, "You don't want to mess with him." Uh huh. I believe that was uh, Eric Bledsoe. Yes, and, and Demarcus Cousins. Uh, and I think it was Rick telling Reginald Dell, "You don't want to mess with him." I think it was Rick yeah. that said that to him. And, am I not right that Reginald Delk was also is also Tony Delk's cousin? That is correct. And I remember DeMarcus Cousins putting some kind of wrestling hold on Jared Swapshire down on the floor. And, it, I mean, it was wild. And, and the thing that I remember the most about it was the atmosphere. Yes. Was and, just and incredible. There, and throughout the Decembers of the years past, it was always something for the Santa hats that was put out and gave to the fans coming in. I have a ton of them. And the Christmas cards that the team did. Yeah. So many years. Santa Claus hats, the Christmas cards, along with the UKIT. That's the way I remember Kentucky basketball in December. I wish we could get back to more of that stuff. You know, all the social media stuff's great. Let's gear toward the fans a little bit during the games. Coming up, right around the corner, Kentucky and Louisville. Rupp Arena. Will it be the same without Rick Patino? No. And I'll tell you why. Rick has literally sucked out all the fun, first, for being a Louisville fan. And second, he's sucked out the fun of the rivalry. I mean, it's always going to be Kentucky and Louisville. And it's always going to be intense. But I'm not going to have nearly as much fun booing Louisville. In a way, and you and I talked about this when we did a preseason um, podcast, is, yeah, we're kind of pulling for David Padgett a little bit. You know, outside of Kentucky, I don't know him. You know, I can't. I can't hate that dude as much as I hate Patino. It's it's very difficult when yeah. you need a villain to really have a rivalry that you really sink your teeth into. What do you think happens? I think Kentucky wins. I think Louisville will hang with them in the first half. I think Kentucky pulls away probably about the last ten minutes of the game. I don't think it'll be an easy pull away for Kentucky. I think within ten points. Saturday, UCLA, Kentucky. We see the same Kentucky that we did see against Virginia Tech. I think they're going to be fantastic. UCLA looks a little bit different now. I'm going with the Cats. All right, Bo. 
you got two victories coming in to the new year. I think I'll take Kentucky and UCLA. I think UCLA has uh, certainly had some problems with their missed freshmen from the trip over in China. So I like Kentucky probably by about eight. And, of course, the Kentucky-Louisville game, you know. Don't disappoint me. Kentucky by 10. There you go. That's what I like to hear. I hear you've been Christmas shopping. Yes. What did you buy, John Calipari? What did I buy, John Calipari? Or what, what would you buy? What would I buy, did? John Calipari? Yes. He don't want that answer. <laughs> A couple in-state recruits. Now, now let, let's uh, let's uh, let's rephrase that. I wouldn't buy them. We don't want to use that word. If I had my preferences, I would like for for the fans, for the Kentucky fans. I'd like to see John Calipari get a couple in-state recruits. I couldn't agree with you more. What would you, uh, if you were giving a gift to uh, Mitch Barnhart, what would you get him for Christmas? (laughs) I think I know what I want to say. Part of me wants to do this. this This is good cop, bad cop. The good cop side of me wants to say thank you because you have done quite a bit for UK athletics. You're in a tough, tough position. And I understand you can't keep everybody happy. It's hard, but you do it. You know, you, you, yes, you have brought up some of the other sports, you know, uh, whether it be volleyball, for example. Look how well volleyball's done. You know, I think one of the best hires that Mitch Barnhart has made is Craig Skinner. Look what baseball was able to accomplish this year. Okay, so I would say thank you. Now, the other side of me wants to sit there and say, I have a questionnaire here, about 20 questions I want to ask you, and they're going to be a little difficult, and they're fan-oriented. You know, why, why, this, why the rise in ticket prices? Why can't we do a UKIT? Can we not have a UK men's basketball game in Memorial Coliseum? Your cup is Just, never full, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Can we now, not do this? So, it'd be a little tough. John Calipari? What I would get him for Christmas, I would give him a week's stay at some little island in the South Pacific just to take his family and relax. It's not a bad just deal. Just relax. Yeah. Mitch Barnhart, one thing. What's that? In the second half of the Kentucky-Louisville game, have him prayed out to midcourt and perform the wine. Wow. Bo, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, Donna, and Amy. Dang it, I forgot to get Oscar's bowl prediction. I'm going to have to call him. Well, hopefully I won't interrupt his Christmas shopping. Oh, man, I forgot to get your bowl prediction, Kentucky and Northwestern. Bowl, you know, it's really tough when you play low on I mean, That's an all-day affair, and that's what you get attention all week long. But we got a doubleheader on this one. Now, once Kentucky gets to uh, kicking Louisville's butt a little bit, uh, we got about 30 minutes, and, of course, there's the big bowl game in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky, seven-point underdog to Northwestern. They may have all the brains, but we got the athletes. I, I really think Kentucky's going to surprise some people. And I look for Benny Snell to have a huge game. And I'm going to say 
Kentucky wins this one 21-17. How about you? It's the Battle of the Wildcats, Oscar, and after Kentucky losing to Louisville in the regular season finale, I think that spoiled the milk for the fan base. Uh, The good thing is, in college football, there's two seasons, regular season and bowl season. Okay, so things are going to get a little complicated with the bowl game and the UK-Louisville game on the same day, but at least the bowl game is in Nashville, and we can count our blessings for that. It's not the most important game of the Mark Stoops era, but he does need to get that bowl win. With the early signing period before the holiday, I think that reignited the fan base a little bit. And by the way, I love the name Terry Touchdown. Uh, Benny Snell is going to have to put this team on his back against a Northwestern team that has a top 10 defense against the run. Northwestern has a really good running back in Justin Jackson. So our defense is going to have their work cut out for them as well. Might be a tough day for the Wildcats. But let's send the seniors and Steven Johnson out on the right note. No pun intended, being in the Music City Bowl. Oscar, we've seen some strange bowl games in the past. Wildcats win 25-17. And it will be a happy new year for the Big Blue Nation.